With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's a half century for Joshua De Silva, his second in Test Match Cricket. And what the West Indies have found is a wicketkeeper who's coming in and giving them valuable runs, showing great promise. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 43 of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mashal St. Patrick Hewitt, and you know who's with me. Yep, Santoki here, and Mash, for the first time ever on the History of Caribbean Cricket Podcast, We've got a player who's mad enough to return and come back on the show. We first had him on last July, episode 15. And since then, it's fair to say he's had a meteoric rise in Cricket Mash. Should I tell the people who it is? Yeah, go on. Well, if you're, if you're, if you're watching on the visuals, you already know you can see his face. But for the benefit of those who are listening on the audio, we've got the ambassador of Bertie's Pepper Sauce. <laughs> We've got, <laughs> we've got we've got we've got the owner of 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 the the soon to be clothing line JDS. We we got the guy who's telling us to trust the process. It's not Mikhail Arteta. It's it's, it's West Indies wicketkeeper batsman Joshua da Silva. Josh, how you doing? Well, first of all, I don't think I've had a better introduction in my life. That has to be the best thing I've ever come into. Um, <laughs> but now, boys, I'm just happy to be back. It's a pleasure. We didn't get much time last time. So, um, yeah, I'm just happy to be back and let's have a good chat. Yeah, I think I think those of you who want to find out about Josh's backstory, tune into episode 15. This episode, we're going to talk about the last year, as we said, a meteoric rise. Um, so, Josh, I guess first things first. You're currently in a bubble in St. Lucia, training for the South Africa series. Your international career has coincided with the pandemic. So pretty much every tour you've been in a quarantine or bubble situation. How have you coped with that over the past year? It's been it's been very challenging. It's I can't even explain how tough it's been. Um, but I guess just putting my mind to it and doing what I love is most important to me. It's like I get to wake up and play cricket every day. Um, so there's not much more I could ask for in life. So I'm just sticking to it putting my head and my mind in the right space and yeah when i get a break i get a break uh, make use of it but once i'm playing cricket i'm very happy to just to do what i have to do but it is very challenging i won't lie what what do you find things that help you pass the time outside of um training for cricket that kind of get you through that 
well, the games room is definitely a huge part of it. I'm not sure if there's one here just yet, but um, yeah, the table tennis board, pool table, just have spending time with the boys and doing stuff that we enjoy doing, um, eating lots of pepper sauce. So uh, yeah, that, that helps a lot of the time. What is it? You know what? I'm going to have to ask this straight away. What is it that's so, for people outside of Trinidad? What is it that's so good about Bertie's pepper sauce? It's the closest thing. I have it right here. It's the closest thing you're probably going to get to homemade pepper sauce in, in Trinidad or anywhere in the world. If you, There's this one. And then if you want a little more spice, there's a scorpion. I've been eating this one lately. But that one, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell a beginner to eat that one. That one, hot. It's obviously been the, uh, it's been the catalyst behind your... Behind. <laughs> behind you just take into international cricket so easy obviously <laughs> yeah yeah definitely but you know what as as santoki said josh because when santoki was just saying about essentially you've lived your whole first year in in the bubble i was just writing down the dates since you came to england nearly this time last year pretty much mm-hmm. you must have been at home what less than a month in total or is that wrong no, that's that should be correct. Um, in putting into um, perspective the quarantine periods as well, I had to do, do two weeks at home when I got back home. So I would say from Christmas between New Zealand and Bangladesh, I had a week. Um, and then between, I didn't have anything in Bangladesh, between Bangladesh and Antigua. So um, there was nothing. I went straight to Antigua and then back to, then I went home for three weeks. So yeah, I think just probably roughly a month. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Um, I've been in, in, at home. And it's not going to get any easier because we're going South Africa to Australia, to Pakistan. I mean, okay, the Australia one is going to be a limit, is limited over. So you may yeah. get a break in between there. But yeah. um, it's pretty much full on all the way through the summer. Yeah, the summer's packed. Um, I'd be happy to play some white ball stuff as well if I could get into that team. But um, no, I'm, I'm pro- I probably um, just be red ball for now. So yeah, when I come back out after the red ball, it'll be back to back to back with CPL coming up in in August. Yeah, yeah, because obviously we've just seen that you've uh, you've been retained. retained. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I actually said, "Tell do you remember?" Because when we spoke to Josh last year, I tried to say, "I'm sure Josh is going to get a CPL contract," and Josh wouldn't tell us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, I knew, I knew then as well. <laughs> <laughs> But we're going to talk about CPL um, later, actually. And let, let's um, let's actually go, let's rewind right back to the beginning. And obviously, we spoke to you when you were on the England tour. And do you know what, Josh? Um, and Santoki, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm going to big ourselves up here, Santoki. Because when we spoke to Josh um, in the England tour, hardly anyone knew. I'm going to say hardly anyone knew. No one. No who one. Josh was. We got Santoki. We got there first. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what made y'all want me. <laughs> we just. Do you know what? It was because we were looking at right. We were looking at all the players on the squad, and we were like, "Who's got the most interesting story to tell?" And yeah. we just figured, you know what? No one knows, or we figured, apart from old, uh, old Wimbledonians, we're like, no one's really going to know who Josh De Silva is. His story's going to be quite unique. Let's talk to him. And then, but we didn't realize at the time that you were then going to actually make your debut <laughs> during, during the England tour. We just assumed you were going to play like the warm up games, uh, the intra squad games. That was it. <laughs> but when you, and I was, I was thinking um, this morning, about things I wanted to talk to you about. And one of the things that kept coming to came in, coming up to me was 
we often talk about, and this could be any sport, football, whatever, rugby, whatever, but when you fulfil a dream and play for an international side, in this case, West Indies representing the region, everyone always goes, oh, yeah, it was an honour and so on and so forth. But in your case, Josh, you couldn't have seen it coming, right? Um, in the test match, when obviously you got you you got told to put the gloves on and go out there, yeah. as close as you possibly can. What was actually going through your mind? Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't. It was such because what because ha what happened to Shane was unexpected. You had no yeah. prep time. So what goes through somebody's mind when they're about to make their debut and no one sees it coming? Um, it's funny. Not many people know what actually happened. Um, and it, it's it's actually a really good story. Um, so I was upstairs, I was running water as I normally would in a test match. And then I see Dao gets hit, gets hit. And I'm like, this, he gets up straight away and walks off. And then I'm like, oh, well, well Shay is gonna go and keep. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna just look over and make sure she, um, Dao is okay. Um, and he got up and there's blood pouring everywhere. So I'm like, this is not looking good. And then Shay goes out and coach tells me, um, Josh, um, she she has some knee problems and um, his knee's giving him some problems. So we need to, you may need to go out there. So I'm like, what? You sure? Um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, you might you might actually have to go. I'm like, okay, just let me know. So I'm sit, sit standing over the balcony. I think there's a picture of me standing over on TV or something. And I'm standing over, just looking over. And then coach comes to me. He's like, Josh, where's your stuff? I'm like in my, my hotel room. And I'm like, well, well um, go and get it for me. And he's like, now? I'm like, now? Yeah, go and get it. I'm like, so I had on my fielding shoes, uh, which is my full spikes, and I took those off to put on my trainers to run across the ground. There's so much speculation over the internet as to why I slipped for that stumping. I think y'all are probably one of the first or second people to actually like know what actually happened, which was I had to put on my batting shoes in the hotel room, which is half spikes, and run on the field from the hotel side. The dressing room is all the way on the other side. So I had no time to get my stuff, run back there, and then go there. I had to literally put on my gear and run straight out on that side of the field. So it was... Uh, during that time, I don't think I had any time to think about anything. I'm just like, just put on your stuff and get out there. And then when I get on the field, I'm like, am I actually am I actually going out there? It's it's. <laughs> and then JS takes off my hat and he's like, welcome. And that that sold it for me. That just comfort, comforted me so much. Mm. And it brought me into the environment and then everybody's cheering me on, which really brought me like, it gave me a sense of feel like, all right, everybody's behind me. I can actually do this. And yeah, then I slipped. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? No, Santo, I didn't even, I didn't even see the slip, you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> it was only when everyone told me off that they'd, they'd even happened. So, um, but it uh, like, you're telling the story and it's like, that's, that's actually such an amazing story, but it's, mm -hmm. you're, you're still being understated about it, Josh, because you basically, in my mind, you basically went from what playing for West Indies emerging team mm -hmm. straight into the first team. And then obviously we're, we're going to talk about New Zealand and Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, etc. but not, not many people do it that quick. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's true. It's true. I still, I count my blessings every day. I'm very grateful to be where I am so quickly. Um, after the emerging players, uh, I just wanted, when I went back into first class, I, we've probably talked about this on the last episode, um, that season I had um, definitely put my myself on the radar for the selectors and then just going to England. I knew I was a reserve. I didn't expect expect anything at all, but um, I was batting well in the 
in the practice matches, I got the 100 and the 50. And, and then, yeah, I was lucky enough to get into the reserves and play some 18 cricket in New Zealand. And right place at the right time, what, what more could you ask for? Mm. Santoki, you want to jump in? Yeah, and also um, big up, big up Mike Averton, former England international. He's obviously a big fan of you. Um, he, he shouted out our, your interview on our podcast twice when you came yeah. on. Um, so, Josh, you you helped contribute to our rise as well over the past year. <laughs> Very good. I'm happy. I'm happy. I contributed as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I was rinsing that clip. I was sending that to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, no, let's let's get into it though. So after the England tour, you go into CPL pretty much straight after. How hard was it to, how hard was it to adjust to T20 cricket having come out of such a long Red Bull camp? I'll be honest, I have never really played much T20 cricket before CPL in my life. Even at club cricket for Queen's Park, I probably played about if I played 10 games, I played a lot. And going into that, I had no T20 experience. Um for me, I think my role in that team was to for people to bat around me, um, mm. which is basically my style. But still, there was points in times where I felt like I needed to up it, and I just didn't know how. But now mm. with with Linny and and Donkey, they gave me a lot of a lot of advice in that um, that tournament there, and it definitely showed me a lot more, like finding my boundary options, um, learning my strengths and weaknesses in white ball cricket. So. Um, yeah, it's just about putting that in and having an even better. Because I thought I did pretty well in that CPL, so going just to take it over into this one coming up. Yeah, so you came in at you came in at number three, and as you said, you sort of played took up the anchor role um, in the team. Mm-hmm. And I think in your first game, you you scored forty one not out. Um, and then your next game, I think it was against Guyana, you you didn't play. What yeah. did the coach would was the coaches emphasizing that you needed to have a higher strike rate, be more attacking? What kind of did they say to you after that game? Um, I technically I think it was probably that, but they wouldn't they didn't tell me that. So it was just it was just a, they said it was a rotation. So um yeah, I was I wasn't too upset to be honest. Um Lynn and Donkey told me, Look, you you're doing the right thing, just keep doing it and and yeah, we we're back in here. So just when you get the next opportunity, try your best. And also interestingly enough, um obviously Ramdin's been swapped over to Trimbago. Mm-hmm. Um are you hoping to potentially be a wicket keeper um for St. Kitts and Nevis this season in CPL? Well, they've retained Devon Thomas, so I guess it'll be between me and him as well. So um, any role I'm given, whatever I need to do, if it's to bat at three and keep or just bat alone or keep, it, does, it doesn't really matter. It's whatever. Given the opportunity, I just want to play cricket. So that's yeah. most important to me. And also, I think a valuable lesson is obviously last season, your top score was 59 against Guyana. So if you could please avoid doing that this season, that would be a <laughs> massively grateful. <laughs> I'll do it against Jamaica this time. <laughs> you know, well, let me, let me, I'm not even going to get drawn out by that, you know. But, <laughs> but, but no, it's actually interesting, Josh, because I think a lot of people, when they listen to this, are going to have their minds blown when they hear you say, well, you know, I've never even played T20 before. So when you first started playing for uh, for the Patriots, did you try and approach it as a one day innings, or like like how? Because okay, let, let me let me rephrase this. Because with all due respect, you wouldn't have had the the shots in your locker to play Agreed. like a barnstorming Evan Lewis type innings. Okay, no. so without. You're learning on the job. You effectively were learning on the job last year in uh, in CPL. So when you went out there and in the games you played, were you like, well, this is what I know how to play? Because remember, you, you played extensive 50-over cricket um, already in the region. So does a, do you approach it as a 50-overs player in, in that situation? 
Um, at this beginning, maybe if I come in for six overs, I will. Um, but after that, there's not much. It just happened so quickly. As you said, learning on your job was the absolute correct way to put it. Um, so it was just about adapting to each situation and learning from that first innings that I got into. Um, I made 41 or 41. It probably wasn't the, the, the fastest innings, but I, I really tried that game. Um, it just didn't want to come off for me. And um, T20 cricket is a very fast-paced game. The kind of fitness that you need, uh, I would say you need to be fitter for T20 cricket than test cricket. Um, mm. But even though test cricket is a lot harder because of the days, um, but a T20, just batting in a T20 game with a lot of running, um, the fitness definitely showed me what I need to do to play T20 cricket, and which that also helped me in test cricket as well. So let me ask you something then. So everyone loves to like, from those who look outwards, inwards to who look from the outside into West Indies cricket mm-hmm. love to talk about oh West Indians want to run off and play 2020 cricket but speaking as somebody who at the moment has is making their name in Red Bull what is the advantage to because to me it's not either or you can mm-hmm. once you're a good cricketer you're a good cricketer and you can apply those same good cricket shots to 50 over to 20 over but for somebody who's seen around the world at this moment in time as a very very good prospect in Red Bull cricket what is there to enjoy in T20? What did you enjoy about that experience uh, in CPL? The freedom, the freedom of sh- shot selection is you don't leave alone many balls. So it's it's about just having fun. That's all. That, that's the most you could probably do in T20 cricket. It's a lot more tactical, I would say. Um, but test cricket as well, is it's all about drawing out your opponent. But um, in T20 cricket, it's all about keeping the runs down. So when the bowler's bowling, you're just trying to hit it out of the park. It's it's good fun and it's, it's a definitely a release from from a very more more challenging but um yeah just it's very challenging as well and making sure that you're doing the right things and just having fun that's the most important for me mm. Santoki, did you want to come back in yeah and so i guess after the cpl we move on to new zealand which was a massive tour for you obviously you got your first west indies cap in the second test i mean firstly what did that feel like uh, I still don't know what to say. I've said this probably in every interview, but I still don't know what to say. I, I can't believe, I could believe it's happened, but I can't believe it's happened in the same way. Um, so, no, I'm just incredibly happy to play, to make my debut, especially in New Zealand. What a beautiful place. And it was a good one for me. And I guess, obviously, New Zealand, well, they are one of the best test sides in the world with that bowling attack. Obviously, you've got um, Salvi, Wagner, Bolt, Jameson. What was it like Firstly, facing them, and what did you notice an obvious difference between regional batting and international, um, regional bowling and international bowling? And if so, how did you how did you practice differently to sort of counter that adjustment? I wouldn't say there's too much. Um, there's just a lot more consistency between the bowlers. Um, so you'll just have a bowler. He wouldn't look to get you out in the first six balls he bowls at you. He'll look to draw you out, find a weakness, um, and they find weaknesses very quick. Um, so each level you go up, it's just going to get tougher. And those bowlers, uh, they were quite tough. I think the toughest to face was Jameson. His height and he seems it around quite a bit. Um, so, but Bolt was a good challenge as well. He probably bowled the quickest out of all of them. Um, but yeah, just enjoying the challenge. And yeah, Wagner, lucky I didn't get to face too many bumpers from him. He's very accurate. The, um, I mean, you're saying it was challenging, but then how comes you found it so easy? It was. It, it, it might have just. It might have just looked like it, but it wasn't, it wasn't easy at all. <laughs> I mean, because you know what, Josh, and I'm, I mean, we're, we're 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 currently talking about New Zealand, but I could extrapolate this across 
you're you're how many innings have you played now? So you've had nine test innings, and you're currently averaging thirty eight. Now there's two there's two ways of looking at this. One, you are always destined to take to take the test cricket easily, or two, do you think you've also benefited from no one again? No one actually knows you in in any of these international sides, and that's that's not to take away from your ability. Obviously, you're very talented, um, but do you think that teams, you're, are you benefiting from teams not knowing about your strengths and weaknesses in any in any shape? Um, I don't think so because going into any any tournament or anything, every team has an analyst, mm. so they're going to dig up if this they hear a new player is coming to the squad, they're going to dig up whatever they can on that new player. And um, I'm pretty sure I've had videos before in New Zealand on. Um, on YouTube and other things and analysts just whatever cricket is being live streamed and analysts is gonna have it. They're, they're storing their bank for whenever they need it. So um I think they would have known a little bit, but definitely they wouldn't have known enough to, to find like a sure weakness. So it would have been a learning on, on the job for them as well against me. Mm. Santoki, do you remember I'm trying to remember what the situation was. Uh Josh was on 49 and he turned down a single. Do you remember what yeah, was it, I'm trying to remember what the situation was. Yeah, didn't you turn down? You turned down a signal, sig, uh, single to protect the tail ender, and then wasn't it? Didn't it come out that Ross Taylor told you to make the run or something along those lines? Yeah, he did. Um, so I was on 49, and Massacre was on the other end, Shimon Holder, and I, I backed him a lot, but it was like it was the first ball of the over, so I, I couldn't do it. And yeah, I was on 49, but I wasn't really thinking about it. I was thinking about the team and how long we could bat for, but at the, mm. at the end of the day, it was probably inevitable in the end. But still, I was trying to, to play for the team instead of myself. And then Ross Taylor comes up when with uh, Massacre and I are bouncing, knuckles in the middle, and he's like, yo, it's a Test 50, your first one. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what he said. I said it in my documentary um, that I did. And he, yeah, he was just like, get the run. I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. And then it took <laughs> me about 15 minutes after that to get the run. <laughs> I can I can imagine your phone was buzzing off by the time the, that day's play. Um, yeah, everybody was upset with me. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so you you kind of you get that second test debut. Then 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 Shane is legitimately out, um, and we we head to Bangladesh where well say Shane a whole bunch of players were out um, of Bangladesh. Now, actually, even before we even properly delve into Bangladesh. Were you always gonna go no matter what? Yeah, yeah, I was not turning down anything. <laughs> so you put you you you're going no matter what, which means you're definitely playing. So really and truly, as much as we can talk about New Zealand, Bangladesh to me was your actual real debut because at that point you are now the West Indies uh, Test match wicketkeeper. But did you say to yourself at any point if I put in some strong and and an old like? When I went to the press conferences with like Jimmy Adams and Roger Harper, this is pre the tour. They made it very clear that any player who goes out there and performs is going to put pressure on anybody who's not gone. So, as a player in that situation, were you because wiki keepers a specialist position? So, were you at any point thinking, if I do well here, I can hold on to this? Did it did it yeah, cross your mind, or was it just test by test? Now it must cross your mind. You're thinking, well, I've had a good debut, so I'm I'm just trying to feed off of that and just continue my good scores. Um, 
but yeah, it was test by test. I was just taking it as it comes um, and given the opportunity to bat, just trying my best. It happens, it happens, but I'm always putting my my best foot forward. So yeah, you must think about, well, just if I do just put on a few good scores, this could turn into something here. And yeah, but it must cross your mind. But honestly, I was literally just taking it test by test and just seeing how it goes. Now, we could go into the test and say, okay, let's hold off on the test first, actually, because let me, because people are listening to this going to be like, oh, you two are just bigging up Josh through the whole episode. No. Okay. Watch me criticize Josh here now. Let me, <laughs> let me criticize him. So, Josh, what, what happened in the ODI series, though? <laughs> I, got, I got dropped. <laughs> no, but do you know what? Because that, with, with, and I say this with all due respect to everybody who went, like, big up everyone who went to Bangladesh. Um, the ODIs were difficult, and in fairness, Santoki and I, in the in the build up to the ODI, said this is going to be super difficult for the team because the Test squad had experienced players who'd been to Bangladesh before. The ODIs didn't. Um, you are. We know you've got ODI ability or fifty over ability because we've seen you domestically have. So, what was difficult about that though? Being within the camp, what was it about that particular ODI section of the tour that? The, not just you individually, but the team as well that you found difficult. Yeah, well, looking back at it, we had, I think it was, was it six debutants in one game and then we had two in another. So it was it was pretty, a new experience for all of us to, to say because we were going in, we didn't, none of us knew what 50 over cricket really, really looked like at the international level. You could watch it on TV as much as you want, but as you get in there, it's definitely going to be a different challenge by itself. Um, but that doesn't say that we couldn't have performed better. I definitely think we could have done a much better job in that ODI series. But saying that, I think that ODI series personally helped me a lot in Bangladesh to go on and put that little experience I got in the in the ODI games and take it into the test matches. And I, I could say the same for Bonner as well. He had told me that. And, well, Dapa was just doing his thing right through. Mm. Mm. Santoki, sorry. And um, how did you find it batting in a subcontinent? Like, because obviously Bangladesh is a very, very tough place to go. How did you find the difference in in playing on those surfaces? Um, in the ODIs, I was quite expecting to see an, a pitch that didn't really turn, and that's what we that's what we got from most of it. It turned a little bit, but in the subcontinent, you'll you'll expect it to turn a lot. But ODI cricket, they're trying to push their fast bowlers, so they definitely played a much better pitch. Um, but then coming into the test matches, it was I would say one some two of the most perfect test wicket you could probably ever ask for. Um, players flat coming going out for the first few days, starts to spin a little bit, then day four it just starts ripping. Um, so it, it definitely was a good challenge, and the pitches were probably just what I expected them to be. Coming into the test matches, Craig was like, yeah, Dhaka spins a lot more. Um, uh, not too many played in, in Chotogram before, but it was, a, it was a good pitch. They always said that pitch was probably one of the better pitches to play on. How did you find it sort of behind the stumps as a wicketkeeper then, with, um, especially when it, the pitch started to turn? It's a bit difficult. It, it didn't stop bouncing at all. It was always bouncing and some would stay low as well. But um, just I had to adapt a bit um, coming into that. that those the, the second innings of the first test and just maybe just change my hands a little bit um, just to adapt to how big it would spin sometimes because it wasn't always spinning like that. Um, so, yes, it was a good challenge. I'm very happy I got the opportunity to see what it's like. You, I, do you know one thing I noticed um, about you behind the stumps? I think I tweeted it from our handle at one point. I remember seeing it, yeah. Wait, was it? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was me talking a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just checking, you know, in case it was me cussing you out or something. But <laughs> no, no, no. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, um, but the only reason I raise it, Josh, is because I don't watch enough minute by minute domestic cricket to have noticed that about you beforehand. I've yeah. more when I've watched you domestically, it's about what you've been doing with the bat. But I really noticed you chirping um, in, in Bangladesh. Is, is that you, anyways? Yeah, or was, yeah that's oh. me. That's me. That's me. I, I love to talk. I love to encourage you boys. And um, there are times where I'm quite quiet because something might not be going our way. But it's always my job to make noise. And um, there was a, a time in one of the games I was talking too much, and and Mushfiq had looked back and he's like, "You ready?" I was like, "Yeah." I'm ready. And and then he out like two balls later and then Craig was like, holy man, Josh. And anytime he came out, I, was, I just started talking. And <laughs> now coming down to the end, I was very vocal. I knew we could have won that game. And it was coming down a bit tight, but I said, let me not, let me not get be quiet. The boys need me now. And yeah, it, it was a whole vibe. Everybody was behind it and it was a good, it just came out and worked in the end. I noticed it particularly, I think, because whenever uh, Jimbo was coming on to bowl, I feel like you two must have some kind of connection because every <laughs> every ball every ball that Jimbo bowled, the way you were talking, it was like it was like morally in his prime. Every ball was a, every single ball. <laughs> I love Jimbo. Jimbo Jimbo's a very good bowler. So, um, but in that game, it definitely was every ball was a ripper. And um, now, nah, if especially if if nothing's going on and you make noise, it's gonna think it's gonna make the batsman think something is going on. So, um, I just let out one of my secrets there, but still. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the kind of idea behind it. Can you remember any funny exchanges you've had with batsmen while you've been behind the stumps so far in your international career? Um, there hasn't there hasn't been too many. I think Dick Weller, we've had a few funny exchanges, nothing serious. Like I would tell him, he has never been in, he's never been to a hundred, and he's in unfamiliar territory and stuff like that. And he's like, he just keeps talking back, but he loves talk. But I love talk too, so I couldn't stop. Everyone's like, stop talking to him. Like I can't. <laughs> but then there was I was batting and I was coming out close to declaration and he was like I played down a ball he's like what are you doing and then I was like well I'm batting and he's like no what are you doing I'm like I'm trying to get Jason back on strike and and then yeah it wasn't it wasn't all that funny but that's, I haven't had anything to to like oh I'm gonna kill you or something like that <laughs> well um, do you know I was about to say let's see how the Aussies are but then yeah. that, that all depends on if you're in the in any other white ball squads yeah but, Let's not let's not move away from your actual batting in Bangladesh mm. because what was key for me in Bangladesh and and obviously Dapper's going to take took and is going to take uh, most of the credit of what happened in Bangladesh because obviously the double century but uh, Bonner got the the man of the series but I think um, Bish on comms and um, Phil when he was interviewed. Both of them spoke very highly about what you did in Bangladesh. And Santoki and I spoke about it quite a lot because, to be honest, Josh, when you... Okay, so you take the four innings, right? 42-20, 92-20. Now, some people would say, oh, well, come on, okay, there's a 92 in there, but why, why are you bigging Josh up so much? But for me, it was the ball's face, Josh. And every time you came in, there was a context to the match. That you, that there were you. I always felt you were playing the match situation. So uh, I think Phil said this after one of the one of the twenties. He was like, "Josh's twenty was crucial because I think we we're on the we could have collapsed at some particular point in time, and your twenty was over sixty balls, and it just calmed things down a bit." Um, but that's what others saw, and that's what we saw. But how did how did it feel for you in in the middle? 
Yeah, I would probably rate both of my 20s better than my 92, um, just because of the context of the game. Um, when when I came in in, in Chotogram and met Dapo, I was the last recognized batsman. Um, so it was not to say pressure, but there was a lot of pressure. I came out there and they were just chirping away. And um, that definitely, I was a bit nervous. That's the first time I could say, other than walking out for the first time in New Zealand, I was I was nervous going to bat there. I'm like, if I out now, what's what's really gonna happen? Are we gonna get this? So that twenty, I would say, was was probably one of my better innings, just because of what what was needed. I just needed to support Dapper, and he was just doing his thing. And I, every time he hit a six, it was like I hit a six. I was so excited. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to bat balls, and uh, that that was kind of my goal. If I bat as many balls as I could, um, I will score runs. But somebody else on the other side is gonna feel like there's somebody here with them. Mm. And yeah, that's that's kind of like my my main goal that I try to do. And yeah, that ninety two four eight run short, I cried walking off the field. I can't, I, I couldn't believe it. Santoku, you, you you can talk about the ninety two, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say, I'm sure, I'm sure your first century will come um soon sooner rather than later. But yeah, that ninety two kind of that wicket uh, bowled by was it Tajul Islam? Um, yeah. How how did you see that? How did that happen? If you want to talk us through it, well, in the first in the first test we, we saw when I out on twenty batting with Dapo, he bowled he bowled me down in the same way. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess it was a bit of a I had a bit of a trouble with with him, um, especially when he brought back the new ball. Um, but rectified that and we'll be all good going forward, hopefully. Um, but yeah, just that that second inning, I was I was like, how could I let that happen again? I just left the space and it snuck through and. Uh, it, it upsets me. Up to, up to now, it still upsets me. Did you already have a hundred in your mind? No, no. I, I try. I was at lunch. What was that? When I out, I can't even remember when I got out. I think at a break, I told myself it could be on the cards, but I never said that I'm, I'm going for that. I was just batting. Um, I think if I was going for it, I might have tried to hit the ball over the top, and that's not my game. I, in hindsight, I probably should have though. Mm. 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 And what's it like? Obviously, West Indies undefeated in 2021 so far. What's it been like under the leadership of Craig Brathwaite? Uh, it's, I think Jason did a phenomenal job and Craig has just taken over from where he took off. Um, the vibe is just the same. We're all enjoying our cricket. And Craig is just a cool, calm, collected captain. And yeah, it's, it's a real pleasure to play under Craig. And he, he listens to and puts together a solid plan. Everybody comes together. And it's not just his mind going. It's all 11 minds, all 15 minds, the coaching staff, everyone. We're all putting forward a uh, suggestion and just taking the best one. I was going to ask, in fact, let, there's still so much of Bangladesh to break down, but this has just come to my head, so I'll come back to Bangladesh in a second. You've been in the team a while now, Josh. <laughs> I don't know if you want to answer this question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best batsman in the team? <laughs> but let me, let, let me explain what I mean by that. What are you doing I, to me? I think, I think what I actually mean by that, though, is stylistically. So when you get into the team as a uh, debutant and you're, you're, okay, you're now in the maroon and you're, you're training with the, the best players in the region, who was the player who, when you watched them up close, you're like, huh, I can't do that yet. Like, I need to study this guy closely. It, it might not be everybody's the best batsman. Let's put, I'll put that out there first. Everybody is best in what they do. But I think Jason, Jason just has something about him that he can do anything. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even have to think about it. He can just, if he wants to play a cover drive, he can do it. If he wants to play a ball straight over the top, he can do it. He's one of the best pullers I've ever seen. 
uh, after Alzari Joseph, probably the best player of the cricket ball. <laughs> but um, yeah, Jason definitely. I look at him. I'm like, he's just so compact, and yeah, it just makes him look like he's better than than the level he's playing at. But yeah, it's definitely um, he'll be up there for sure. That that's really interesting because um, that at least echoes that when everyone says that Jason is the world class player in in the side that, that that's effectively you echoing that but um uh, there was something when you said that there's something to, oh yes i got it um <laughs> shouldn't even ask you this question either <laughs> so josh say say ahead of the south africa series right phil pulls you to one side and says josh you're opening first test you and craig what are you gonna say josh what am I supposed to say? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, obviously that's the correct answer, but I yeah. guess the, 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 the joke question aside, what I'm getting at here is, and I think, I can't remember if we asked you in, the, in, in episode 15 or not, but mm-hmm. where do you feel most comfortable? Forget West Indies for a minute. Let's say you were playing for Trinidad. Where would you feel most comfortable if it was down to you? Um, I like the middle order. Opening is definitely uh, very, very fun and challenging. The ball you get to, the ball comes on a lot more. Um, but I haven't done it at international level yet, and it looks pretty challenging. I think Craig makes it look easy. Um, so it's it's definitely. I would love to try it one day. Uh, I don't, I'm not too sure right now, but if I'm given the opportunity right now, why why not? I'll go put my best foot forward and do it. But now I think I'm I'm pretty happy in the middle order and um, trying to play that role um, coming in. But also, I'm not letting this girl send Tolki. Um, but also, I would argue, so at the moment you're batting at seven. Mm-hmm. Given your ability, and that's nothing to do with West Indies, by the way. So anyone who's listening, I'm not thinking about West Indies. I'm just talking about Josh as a batsman. You're better than a number seven, though. I would like to think that. Um, but it's just in in, um, in test cricket, you look all over the world. I think only a few batsmen bat at six. Um, Pant bats at six. BJ Watling bats at six. But I think anywhere else in the world. Um, the keeper is going to bat at seven. I actually saw in a Zimbabwe test the other day that their keeper was batting at three or four, mm. uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if it, if I'm, I could be mistaken, but I'm just guessing. Uh, but yeah, I think for the keepers, it's more kind of closer to down the order to separate the the batsmen and the bowlers in the middle there. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, so, so thanks, Josh. Yeah, I'll, I'll just throwing those random questions in before I forget them. So, um. You you made reference to obviously we don't need to talk we well, we could, but we don't need to talk about Dapper's two hundred. But you see the second test when we won it by eighteen runs. Now, Santoki, I don't know about you, but I was never panicking. I uh, <laughs> I, I thought we were going to win. I just didn't know when we were going to win. Um and I thought that it might be Jimbo who would get the final wicket. Obviously, Jamel Warrican got it. But speaking from somebody, you, you as close as anybody, Josh, you were behind the stumps. And Mahedi Hassan was looking like he wanted to try and win the game at the end. But I think you made reference a couple of minutes back that you said, I knew we were going to win it. But seriously, did you think that? or There were doubts. There, there was that point in time where I'm like, Shh. We need to get this guy out. I mean, something, something has to happen. He started reverse sweeping. He started chipping and hitting ball for six. So I'm just thinking, this, this could come down close. Um, I did also expect Jimbo to take the last wicket. Um, Worry wasn't having the greatest um, innings with the ball, um, but that just shows you the world class player he is. He literally just came back and he put the ball where he needed to, 
and did what he had to do. Um, it just shows you could be having a bad spell, but you come back and you do the job for the team. Um, but yeah, coming in there, uh, coming on to the end, it was I was nervous, but I never gave hope. I I had that feeling that we were still gonna win. I just kept telling um, Hedy, the whole of Bangladesh is on your shoulders. <laughs> do not f it up. <laughs> I just kept repeating that, and it worked. <laughs> ah, so it's you, it's you who we got to actually bag then. Series <laughs> 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 win. Um, but what was, um, it, what was it like for you in the changing room after that win? Obviously, historic series win in Bangladesh. What did like Coach Phil say, Craig Brathwaite? What was the kind of atmosphere like? Absolute scenes we got in there. I think we just, it just, what do, what do Caribbean people do better? Nobody does it better than party. So we got in there, put on the music. And yeah, I think before coach, before Craig could even say anything, a cooler of water was down his back. So <laughs> <laughs> it was absolute scenes in there. It was a good experience as well. And, and, and let us not understate it, of course, because the, the win, the series win was momentous. Like, I, I think. I think everyone, some people see the name Bangladesh and couldn't understand why we were hyping it so much. But mm-hmm. it was the context of the squad who went, um, the situation West Indies were in um, mm-hmm. against a team that we have not beaten um, in those conditions in a very, very long time, much less winning away from home. So congratulations yeah. to you, Josh, and to all of the squad who were, who were part of that momentous um, series victory, which then took us to Sri Lanka. Santoki, and for once we entered a series where you and I both, <laughs> both said that we were favourites. <laughs> we were favourites to win. And we, didn't even, we didn't even entertain the idea that we might lose the series. Um, yeah. uh, but as it was Santoki, and I'm going to let you run on this one, it ended um, in, obviously we could talk about the, 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 the white ball, but Joshua's in the red ball. Um, it ended nil-nil, but um, you you did you did um, a report on for the cricketer on that series, didn't you, Santelki? Yeah, yeah. I so mean, I'll let you speak on it. I mean, it's also we also shouldn't forget a key moment before that series during the Super Fifty when um, Joshua had both me and Michelle ducking for cover. Um, <laughs> during... <laughs> oh, I forgot that. <laughs> How could we forget? I've been waiting for that. Firing <laughs> shots, at Jamaican guy and me and Michelle. We almost we almost quit social media. <laughs> <laughs> I said I had I had to get this in there. I'm just like, you know what? They're, they're, they're a little bit too much on a high. Let me just let me just follow the in there. But but you know what though? Because <laughs> I'm gonna just say on the record that when Josh tweeted saying, I what did Josh say again? Um that are oh, the trophies coming. I can't remember how you phrased it there about the trophy coming yeah, to yeah. Trinidad. But no, you were studying how you were gonna get Trinidad was studying yeah, how yeah, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that I was happy with Jamaica getting to the semi-finals. I just want to say that. <laughs> so, so I don't actually care. It was it wasn't it wasn't my team, Santoki, that got humiliated in the final. You know what? I never I never learned my lesson, especially if it's against Trinidad. I'm always expecting Guyana to pull off a miracle win. But yeah, we, we got demolished in that final and yeah, Joshua almost made me quit social media for good now. <laughs> But yeah, no, if we move, if we go on then, Sri Lanka series, um, Michelle alluded to the fact it was, we we thought we West Indies were favourites, kind of, from your point of view, I know Coach Phil sort of came out and said the pitch wasn't the best, it wasn't geared towards producing a result, how did you find that series, particularly the pitch, and were you disappointed to come out of it with a draw? 
Um, as a batsman, I don't think you can ask for anything better. Um, the pitch was was flat like a road. It it mm-hmm. was you just walk out and you can. I didn't make use of it, but I'm very happy to see some boys did. Um, but yeah, it was it was very hard to get a result. Not saying you couldn't, but if you can see the amount of wickets that that fell, it it was very difficult. Neither team really dominated with the ball, so it was quite dis- difficult to get a result. And to get a result more often than not, you have to take twenty wickets. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, we we tried our best and we were hoping we could have pulled it off, but yeah, it was quite difficult to to get wickets on that. And obviously, it was your first sort of test series at home as such in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. How did you find it sort of behind the stumps wicket keeping in the Caribbean compared to what you'd experienced in Asia? Well, I've never played in Antigua before, so that was a, a new mm-hmm. experience on by itself. Um, but yeah, from New Zealand to to Bangladesh is like completely different. You're going from bouncy wickets in in New Zealand, then you're going to spinning wickets, low, some of them bouncing with spin in Bangladesh, and then you're coming home where it's a bit of an even bounce, um, not as much pace as you would probably think in New Zealand, um, but a lot flatter tracks. Um, so I could say I've played on on most wickets in most kinds of wickets around the around the circuit. Mm. Um, and like you say, I mean, I mean, you've you, you've you've alluded to it. It wasn't. It wasn't bowler friendly, but what were the positives to kind of take away from that series? I think we could look at Shannon Gabriel's effort. Um, he didn't have the great, the best of first tests, um, and then coming in the second test, he gave us um, that wicket of Chan Lamar was huge. He was giving us an effort that um, we couldn't have asked anybody else to give. He's a workhorse, and he definitely he's always puts his hand up when we need the bumper plan to come off. So he puts his hand up and he does it for us. Um, Jason again with the ball, phenomenal. And we can go through all Azari did his part, Jimbo bowl a lot of overs. So um and dad's of course that crucial wicket that dad's got us. It was that was probably my favorite wicket. When dad's came on and bowled spin, I was yeah, this, <laughs> you have to get one. <laughs> and, and do you know what it's interesting you 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 talk about um for those who aren't familiar, dad's is Jermaine Blackwood, but um it's interesting you talk about that because that's what's been the for me as a fan. Um, and undoubtedly, I speak for Santoki as well. The hallmark of the team since Bangladesh has been everyone's just chipping in, like so. Some every, when we've needed to, whether it's as you talk about you with that kind of uh, that uh, twenty is chipping in when it was in the context of what was needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Dad chips in with a wicket here. Bonner gets a man of the series. Dapper gets a two hundred. Jimbo takes nine wickets. Jamel comes back and wins. Everyone just seems to be chipping in at any moment in time. Is that is that a sense you're getting in the dressing room as well? Yeah, it's very it's a very nice atmosphere in the dressing room. We have I feel like there's that chemistry there. Um, everybody's just playing their role, and when somebody else maybe doesn't do their role too much, somebody's always there to try and pick up the slack. Um, so not everybody's gonna have the best of days every day. So somebody's obviously gonna have to try and do a little extra. And then when it's not that person's day, somebody does a little extra for them. That's why it's called a team. And I think we're definitely working well in that in that way. So, so go on, Yeah, I was going to say, just let me jump in with a question we got from a fan, Chatil, on social media. He asked, what is the hardest day of test cricket you've played so far? Ooh, I think the hardest day of test cricket is when, I think it was in 92. And then, mm-hmm. but the day before that was pretty long. So I had to, and then I came out, I probably got about an hour, two hours rest um, between, maybe three hours between the day before and when I had to go out to bat. Um, so yeah, that was, and I batted throughout that day. Well, I came in in the morning and I batted all throughout that day and then I came back the next day and batted. And and then 
I got out and then I had to go back and keep. I was tired. My my legs were, were cramping. Uh, and I was like, why am I really had to go out there? And he's like, go and fight it, no man. He's a fighter. I was like, okay, well, let you go. <laughs> I literally couldn't shuffle down the leg side. Uh, it felt like my legs just didn't want to go anywhere. Um, that was probably the hardest day of test cricket I had to play. Josh, Josh had to take a sip of that scorpion Bertie's pepper sauce to get him through that one. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> I just was like... <laughs> But um, off the off the back of that question, actually, Josh, um, oh, I don't. I, I'm just thinking. I'm trying to think of your answer before I ask the question because you don't want to give away. Your, you don't want to give away your secrets, though. Um, mm. What has been the biggest learning curve for you? And I'm going to so take from England all the way through to now. And if you're and 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 I guess what I'm saying is you're talking to like. Say you're talking to Keegan Simmons now. You go back mm-hmm. to Trinidad and we get back. We we were able to play some first class cricket or Super Fifty later on this year or next year. And you're talking to Keegan Simmons or a Tion Webster, whoever it might be. And you're saying, boys, you see when international cricket comes, this is what this is the hardest thing that you have to. Or what's the thing? What's the nugget of information that people need to take on board? I don't think there's anything in particular. You're just always learning. You're still learning. I think Craig can, can tell me he's played how many test matches. He's been playing test cricket for 10 years, and I think he's still learning. So, But I think the most important thing is to enjoy it. That It's such a small thing, but it's yes, it's a higher level, but at the end of the day, you've been playing cricket your whole life. So you've been training for this moment. If, if you're now playing international cricket or you've been playing for however many ever years, you're, you're always going to be one to remember that you need to enjoy it. Um, I think that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just enjoying my cricket. I'm trying not to think too much. Yeah, here and there, you might you might feel like you need need reassurance in a way. But uh, yeah, you just you're just always trying to enjoy it as much as possible. There was a. Uh, do you remember this story, Santoki? There was um. Uh, do you remember Chris Kirkland, Santoki? Chris Kirkland, goalkeeper, Wigan, ex Wigan. Oh yeah, goalkeeper. yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm making this random link here. Someone, anyone, if this stays in the edit, people are like, what? What? What's he talking about, Chris Kirkland for? Anyways, Chris Chris Kirkland's dad put a bet on when Chris was like six or something that he was going to play for England. So this is my segue. Did your dad or anyone in your family, Josh, put an early bet on when you were like six or seven or eight saying, Josh is going to play for West Indies at some point in time? Maybe to play football for Trinidad and Tobago, but not not cricket. (laughs) I was was full on football up until like, I'm sure we said this in the last part, up until like 2015, 2016, I I wanted to be a footballer. Next, so, you want to be you want to be the next Stern John, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I want to. Well, now I was, I was a bit of a, a midfielder, so I think I'd be more of a Russell Atherby, Chris Birchall around there. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, remind me, Santoki, how much did Trinidad beat by uh, beat Guyana in the World Cup qualifiers? Was it was uh, it three, was it three nil? <laughs> <laughs> um, but have you got have you got any more questions, um, Santoki? I guess one one more we've got from. Um, Atik Kuso on Twitter. He wants to know what are your personal goals for the rest of the year. Um, just be consistent, do the best that I can be. Obviously, I like to get that first hundred, but I'm not thinking about it. I'm just playing cricket. Once I'm scoring as much runs as the team needs me to, and playing the situation well, um, that's that's my main goal. Once I can be consistent, hopefully get into some white ball stuff. But right now, I'm just focusing on on the red ball. And once I do well in red ball cricket, I think it'll just filter down. So, um, uh, yeah, just continue enjoying myself and putting the best foot forward each and every time I step on the field. 
Have you have you given any thought, Josh, as to and it's a long way away, but so when Pakistan ends, oh no, then we go straight into CPL. What am I talking about? Mm-hmm. So after CPL now, uh, dependent on how the West Indies itinerary looks. So yesterday, whenever this drops, people, this was probably about two weeks ago. By the time this or two weeks earlier when this drops, but um, somebody messaged me uh, about um, Kimar playing for Surrey in um, the county, county cricket. And they said to me, who do you think from the West Indies team might be able to come play county cricket um, in the future? And I said, if Josh doesn't get an offer this time next year, I would be highly surprised if somebody doesn't come in for him. Um, and obviously that's dependent on West Indies itinerary. But, and also what happens given COVID with Trinidad, Trinidad obviously is under a bit of a lockdown right now uh, in terms of domestic cricket. Would you consider going abroad to play some cricket if definitely uh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure i would love to go and play in england um that that level of cricket there is probably probably one of the best um first class levels in the world um so just going back to my my sorry the three days it was i had great fun there so i could only imagine what the the highest level in england could be um so yeah definitely plan i would love to be there and it's definitely a plan in the future hopefully somebody would like to take me well, you, we, we we put out the plea there, people. Somebody come and uh, obviously <laughs> West Indies comes first. But somebody, Josh is ready and available. Um, so, so, so come and make come and make the offers. Um, don't get any more. Yeah, uh, one more question we got was: as a batsman, who's been the toughest bowler you faced on the international circuit so far? Oh, I think I have to say Taizul Islam because he got me out three times. <laughs> <laughs> Well, given yeah. given, I reckon you may be revising that answer. Um, given what South Africa and Pakistan coming up, um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be intrigued to know what you say after those two series. Because, in fairness, Santoki, that's that, and we said it to Phil. That's the next step now. Because yeah. Bangladesh and Sri Lanka are, well, effectively, they are below us now, in essence. Yeah. So, and, South Africa. and South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, we got we got an even one higher. So South Africa and Pakistan, to me, are the next tests on the rung. Um, in terms of where we're actually at, um, and a, and, a, and a serious challenge. Um, so, so yeah. So we we obviously wish you all the best with that. We'll be watching keenly. But in fact, when this episode comes out, the first day of the first test will be the following day. Um, yeah. So, so we will, we will be watching keenly. But Santoki, I'm gonna. We don't have to do the usual ending questions for this one because um, Josh has given us those answers answers yeah. before um so we might actually not do the traditional ending today mm. actually we could do what has been your favorite ground so far as an international test cricketer to play on wellington i can't remember the exact name of the ground but that debut in wellington was probably to play well, that's the ground i played international cricket at, but if i didn't play if it's one i didn't play international cricket at, it'll be queenstown in New Zealand, but New Zealand nonetheless. But Wellington, if I'm playing international cricket, it has to be. Brilliant. Um, and actually, as much as I said we weren't going to end traditionally, it would be remiss of us to, to not... We spoke off air before we started recording this, but um, Josh, if you lean forward ever so, so slightly, people, <laughs> you may see that Josh has got a hat on. <laughs> J, the JDS... Um, I don't, is it a snapback? Can we call it, is it a snapback? Yeah, uh, just a yeah. normal hat. It has this oh. on it, and then it yeah. has the... 
Trust the trust process trust. on the side. People, I don't know where you're listening, whether you're listening in Trinidad, whether you're listening in the Caribbean, whether you're listening in England, US. Um, Josh has those available now. The JDS well, trust. I will have people. more available. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but go go check out Josh on the socials because um they are they are about and they're gonna be they're gonna be yeah. um for for sale. Do you want to say anything on them, Josh? Because I don't actually know about the retail and all that. Um, I haven't figured out the shipping cost internationally as yet. So when I figure that out, then we'll we'll go international. Um, so yeah, it's it's gonna be for sale. I'm not sure the price and everything for for outside. I've I sold them at like 200 TT in Trinidad. Um, it's like twenty pounds, uh, maybe a little less. Or, um, mm. So, um, yeah, it's, they're pretty nice. I actually like them, but I have to say that. So, <laughs> yeah, just follow me on Instagram. You'll see when they drop, and and yeah, you can try and pick up one. Where can where can people find you on Instagram and also YouTube because you make a lot of videos? Yeah, yeah um, Joshua the Silver O Eight on mm-hmm. Instagram and just Joshua the Silver on YouTube. I upload. I try to upload once a week. I've been pretty consistent, but we'll see when the test matches start. What happens? Yeah, so people, if you're listening, make sure you follow in on Instagram and YouTube for the great content. Josh, as always, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for being so honest and open with your answers, and we thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. No, no, it's been a pleasure. Always always good to be here. Hopefully we can make it a third time sometime in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Like like Tantogi says, Josh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Leave us alone on Twitter. No more slander (laughs) from you. We've we've been backing you in your career since you debuted, and all you want to do is throw slander at us. (laughs) No promises. That's how I say thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but no, thank you for coming on josh all the best with the prep um and for for the test series we'll be rallying um uh looking for the west indies to to hopefully pull off a series win against the south africans and uh everyone if you aren't already doing so you should be doing so i don't know why you wouldn't be get following josh to silver get rallying around the west indies that's been episode 43 of the caribbean cricket podcast thank you and good night